What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy. Mostly because, like a follow-through guy, didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Joe Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. Yes, sir. So glad to be with you, my friend. Bro, you got so many kids that you made a topic for us to talk about them today, I think. We're investing in our kids' future. We're talking about a family boardroom. I know you got a lot to say about this. Dude, let me just tell you, is there anything more important than investing in the next generation? Like, I was just meeting with somebody from our community today and giving him this vision of the Vanderbilts, right? Or I should say nightmare of the Vanderbilts. Because what happened is, you probably are well aware that, man, as soon as the patriarch died, all of the knowledge died with him and his son. Mm. And so what happened? All this wealth transferred, all these assets transferred to the hands of people who had no idea what to do with it. And here we are, you know, a hundred years later, roughly, and there's nothing to be spoken of from the Vanderbilt fortune. My thought is, is man, if we can in- install some really just meaningful conversation, meaningful, proactive time with our families, we have the ability to create a hundred year plan, but it has to start with these small interactions before it can be that man, that legacy that we all dream of. And to give the ESPN update, uh, to continue to rub salt in Vanderbilt's eyes, Auburn stomped a 27-point mud hole in them yesterday in basketball. And in other news, we're going to have a conversation about how we build out a family boardroom conversation with our kids. But Joey, it isn't about you and me only. We've got a dream team of financial coaches joining us today. To my left, I got Mr. Incredible, his superpower, speed, and financial freedom. And the real beauty is that speed's contagious. My man, Mr. J.D. Hill. Say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey, Mom. Hey, fans. So good to see everyone. Excited to be here. Excited to be back. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast. Not sure if anybody has missed me or not. Uh, If you have, I can't hear you through the radio, but uh, I've missed being here. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, my friend. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Talk to us about the family border. Why do you believe this is so important for us to not only share the experiences that we're having and how we're doing it, but more importantly, what is the impact on your kids and where is this uh, lie and kind of rate for you? Man, I actually started implementing this last year after reading a book called 18 Summers. I admittedly grew up in a broken home. 
So I didn't have a chance to really connect with my parents on a real intimate level and learn about things that adults uh, should get a chance to be able to pass on to their kids. So I'm figuring it out on my own. And so with that, I want to be able to then instill into my kids certain traditions, certain um, uh, certain things, certain principles, right, certain values that they'll then carry on to their kids. Uh, and it becomes this generational thing within our, you know, the Hill family, right, that starts with me. And I think it's it's an amazing responsibility. It's an amazing thing that I get to do with my kids uh, once a quarter. I love that. Well, I'm excited to break that down with you. But first, let me get over to my right, the king of BAM, Mr. Real Estate. He's agnostic to his type as long as it produces cash flow, the multi-talented Jamie O'Brien. Good to see you, Jay. Man, good to be here, Russ. It's a beautiful day in Birmingham, Alabama. Just enjoying paradise. Now, you've got younger children, and I know that you've been focused on this as well. Talk about why this is important for you. Yeah, I did. I started this as well last year um, after after hearing about it. And really, my thought process, Russ, was they say that a woman's first love is their father, right? And that they're going to look for and model behaviors that they were taught in the home. I have two daughters. They were young. And for me, I mean, all the other ideas that have already been shared around kind of morals, ethics, the financial foundation, that's all important. But right now, it's it's by being a good role model and a good example of what a man, a father, and a husband should be for my girls at an early age. Um, I want to be there for them as they get older. And I think that laying the foundation early is just a great way to build a really strong relationship with my kids. Mm, could say that better. Well, if you're interested in figuring out how these coaches are building out this family boardroom and why it has context in, a, in the thought process of us trying to become financially free, us building passive income that exceeds our monthly expenses, and how do we take that idea that's in our head and install it and download it into our kids? We're going to break this down into three pieces. One, the frequency and cadence in which we're doing this. Secondly, the agenda that we use to follow. So if you need tips or you're one of those, like, I don't know where to start. We're going to give you some ideas and also talk a little bit about success. What does success look like for us so that you might be able to have a better idea for this for you? So we're going to do all that right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Stallion, I'm going to let you go first here, man. You are the one that, when we were having this conversation about building out the family boardroom, having this accelerator in our lives, you really got so excited about this. So I want to ask you first, talk a little bit about the frequency and cadence in which you're employing this in your life. Well, the good news is, is that you're going to have a lot of different perspectives on this point because the beautiful part of this is that you have to own it and it has to fit for you. If you, if you try to make it work for any of the way that we do it and it just doesn't fit, you're never going to do it. Right. So I'll lead off by saying that what was worked for us is you and I about a year or so ago, a couple of years ago. We started saying, you know what, every Friday, we just need to take that time to get some things done personally. And oh, by the way, why don't we go ahead and start 
installing some of this knowledge that we have with our oldest children. And, and so that began a every Friday morning. And when I say every, it's not perfect. There was many weekends where one of us was out of town or the other one was or whatever, and we would miss one, two weeks in a row, whatever. But the, the point was we had created some topics to walk them through that are very similar to what we walk each of you through when you engage with us in a coaching relationship. And it started with just let's talk about the stewardship of the money that we've been given. How do we think about money from a biblical perspective? And then from there, we kept building the topics that would lead them to think about passive income, then who they are as an investor and things of that nature. But each week we would just spend some time. Now it helps if they're homeschooled and this could be considered even a class that they walk through. But man, that weekly cadence for me was really good. I could put it on the calendar. I could go ahead and have the girls calendar match up with that. And to yeah, it was really good. And you and I kind of joined forces on that, which I think was good because sometimes you could add some perspective that my girls would get something from and vice versa. But yeah, that that has been a really good thing for me frequency-wise to do it on Fridays. It, you also have... From a frequency standpoint and cadence, you've also found ways to involve them in other types of investing, finding ways to to pay them in a creative way. Talk a little bit about how you've been downloading that to them and on, on what cadence, and then we'll kind of move into maybe some of the agenda items. You, you mentioned a few things, but I want to touch on this because I think that this is such a great point watching you do it. Well, so one of the things, I think we've even mentioned this on the podcast before, is that and you want to create a, a good tax strategy by paying your children for things to do that you for your business. And sometimes that was it was kind of difficult to come up with like a consistent thing that they could do every single week or every single month. And so what really uh, we've been developing and, and starting to implement over the last several months here is a a list of tasks that have a dollar amount associated with it. And for that, you know, actually you're going to, I'm excited to share the gravy stack app with everybody uh, at some point that will show you that there's actual gigs. He calls them gigs in the app that will allow your kids to know what the dollar amounts are for those things to go and, you know, create those things, do those things, add the value associated with those gigs and then get paid for adding the value. Well, for us, there's some things that like you and I were having some trouble doing. And one of those for me was doing a weekly kind of tracking of all of our tax strategy things. Well, I said, hey, let me teach the girls one time how to do this. And then they can do them And for each week. I'll pay them $25 for making sure that that's done. And you know what? It's been like clockwork. They've, they've gone in there, they've done it, and they're tracking on their own little grid every single week. It's almost like a, you know, a, a paycheck type stub that they say, Hey, I did this on Monday. I did this on Tuesday, I did this on Thursday. And they're adding all these things up so that they can get paid. What's interesting is you get to see their personalities, right? One of them's asking me for the big projects because they want to make the most money that they can. And they're like really driven the other one is kind of more reserved. They just want to kind of plot along, just got to do one or two things really well and consistently. 
and keep doing those over and over again. And they're just like kind of tip, dipping their toe into some of the other little, you know, uh, events or things, tasks that are on there. So it's been great. It's helping me to put a value amount to what they're doing. And so I feel like we can validate, you know, why we're paying our kids, what we're paying them. And they're also getting to see the efforts turn into dollars. I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to go dig this up really quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll buy some time for you, but I would love for you to show and tell for those who are watching this on YouTube and are live. I would love them to see that latest project that your older oldest daughter did, because I think it's so cool. You can like block out the name of the, the group that she was evaluating. So that way we're not, you know, um, violating any potential investment laws there. I don't know if we would be or not, but just so that we, we keep that part solid. But for those of you that are trying to figure out why this is important, Joey said something I, I, I'm going to correct just t small is the, the benefit of all of this has more to do with finding a way to teach our kids how to earn money while produce using a skill set. The added benefit is the tax side of it, right? Like we know that our businesses has a potential to pay our kids and up to a certain dollar figure they don't have to report that as income, but we can deduct it, right? Huge tax benefit. But the added benefit is what she's learning and how she's able to learn it. So Joey, whenever you want to hit share, I'd love for you to share what that looks like, because I think this is just a great example of what one of your children could be doing and how they're making money. Yeah. So this is just an example of a deal evaluation checklist that just walks you through, okay, what are my questions in general about this asset type, about the tax strategy? Does this investment align with my investor DNA? The asset type, um, the market, how are the market trends aligned with the investment? These are some questions that she had to go and do. She went to the sponsor and she said, how long have they been operating? Uh, are they personally invested? Are there multiple general partners involved? It goes, the list goes on and on, but she took it and actually emailed the sponsors and decided that there was some questions she couldn't find on the website or otherwise it had to go directly to them. And she just sends me an email. Hey dad, does this look like what you would want me to ask them? I'm like, absolutely. This is perfect. And then she did some just basic, you know, basic searches uh, about them on on Google, like not necessarily true background searches where, you know, they had a, a legit check, but looking for things like fraud, looking like bankruptcy, Ponzi scheme, uh, felony, any of those type of words associated with their name. And if that was present, those are a red flag. We need to, we need to kind of reevaluate. So man, it was awesome to see how much work she put into it. Number one, but number two, the, like you said, the knowledge, the education she gained by doing the activity was far better than what I could have paid her for. I just think that that, you know, that's a big example. And if you have older children, even potentially children in college, this is something that could be a huge win for them. Can you imagine your kids, even you put yourself in her shoes. Imagine you learning how to do due diligence as a teenager, like how many deals, I mean, Joey, if you would have learned how to do due diligence at her age, I'm just putting a bet down that you would have never bought 100 
I'm just going to say, you would have like scratched that off the list. It would be like, nope, nope, nope. I don't need to do this deal. Like, do the background on the operator. Wait a minute. There's not one. <laughs> don't invest. Oh, man. So, success for you in this looks like what? Well, I'll tell you what, man. Stuff like what we just shared is a success. But the other things that I've found is that, man, helping my children to get excited about passive income and how their investor DNA actually leads them down certain paths. My oldest, as you know, I've talked about, she has built a land business over the last two years. And man, it's starting to cash flow. She's starting to see more and more opportunity in that space. And it's really given her the confidence to say, I'm not going to pursue college because I really want to grow this and have my art be the thing that I love, that I'm passionate about. I could, she could also sell some of that. So this is this is something that she's really found a lane that she's going down. And then my my younger daughter, her investor DNA is not so much like in the sales side. She doesn't really want to be um, on the phone with people talking about land deals and all this kind of stuff. But what we found is we bought a website together, and now she's doing the research on that. She's helping to take a course on WordPress and how to make changes to it and make it prettier. She's got all these cool ideas of how she's going to enhance what's already a cash flowing, um, you know, online website that gets me fired up because again, she's 15 and she's learning how to create cash flow from an asset and then how to add value to it. So it's to me, it's super successful because they found a lane that they both feel comfortable with and it gives them again confidence for the future but also um, something to to really tangibly be working on in the meantime and we have tons and tons and tons of conversations about the projects that each one of them are working on within those two businesses and uh yeah it gives a great reason to to constantly be talking about it love it all right, I'm going to shift gears for you as you're listening to Joey. That may be like, wow, that's where I hope my kids grow to, right? I hope that they can get to the point where we're having, you know, these study sessions where we're looking at buy a business. We're buying businesses. Now I'm, I'm paying them to to do due diligence on investments. But let's let's backtrack a little bit. Let's go back. If if maybe you have younger children and maybe maybe that's not your where you are right now, let's Let's go into JD. JD, I know you've uh, implemented this family boardroom conversation in a, in a different way, right? Your kids, uh, you want to talk a little bit about the age of the kids, but also let's talk about the frequency and cadence in which you're having these meetings with them. Yes, I've got three boys, uh, six, eight, and 10. And um, I'm an entrepreneur. I love to create. I love to work. I find fulfillment in work. And my wife is uh, our chief culture officer at home. Uh, and so we we homeschool and we just found ourselves feeling like we're with our kids all the time, but we're not really spending time with them all the time, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. And so we got to this place to where, particularly me, where I felt like I'm at home, I get to see them all the time. I'm surprised they're actually not behind me right now building Legos. Like, I don't know much about my kids. Like, I don't really spend time engaging with them and learning about them and their likes and those types of things. And so I read this book called 18 Summers, and it really, really resonated with me. 
And the idea behind it was that you only have 18 summers with your kids before they go off to college and, and move out and those types of things, which our world is certainly going to look different than that. But the, the premise of it, the spirit of it really resonated with me. And so what the book talked about was if you work in corporate America, you likely have some sort of quarterly events where you talk about goals, what's going well, right? Those types of things. And it's offsite. You go to an, uh, you know a, a hotel or whatever it is, a meeting room, you have a, an all-day meeting, and then you do some something afterwards, happy hour, dinner, whatever it is. And like, if you're doing that with work four times a year, why are you not doing that with your kids? And I'm like, man, that's good. And so I started implementing this with my boys, and the amazing thing happened is that my wife started doing it too, right? So she's going once a quarter with each one of our boys, and I'm going once a quarter with each one of our boys. And they get to pick what we do. They get to pick what we eat, right? But it's all centered around them with no technology, just engage spending time with them. So and let's talk about, yeah, yeah, I want yeah. to talk about that agenda. What, what yeah. is, how, how do you guys break that out? And, and are you doing the, are you creating the agenda very similar to your wife or do you guys have flexibility in that? What does that look like? So my wife and I are both perfectionists. And so we, we follow roughly the same type of agenda. I actually created a series of questions that I asked them. So we, and it's not rigid, right? Like I'm not grilling them like an interview. It's usually whenever we're having ice cream or having lunch or dinner, and I'm asking them kind of through the course of conversation, these particular five questions. But the agenda is we go to something that they want to do. So I'll give you an example. My middle child, Emmett, he is eight and he's our creative kid. I am the furthest thing from creative. I'm, I'm not a creative. And so he likes to do fun things. So one of the things he wanted to do was go to a pottery class. I never in my life would have gone to a pottery class, but it was one of the coolest experiences getting one-on-one pottery lessons. And we built a bowl, our built, we, we, we on a pottery table, whatever it's called, a bowl, a plate and a cup. And it was such an amazing experience that we got to do together. And it was just us two and the guy teaching us. So that was a lot of fun. And then and then after that, we'll go to lunch or go to ice cream, depending on the time. And so here are my five questions. And and I'll put these in the chat. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Swayze, that's right. Is I'll that these your... I didn't know. <laughs> it wasn't like that, my guy. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But It's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. So here are my five questions. And again, I'll put these in the chat for those of y'all that are, that are here on the call with us today. The first one is, what are you most excited about in your life right now? And I actually record these questions are the answers to these questions. My wife and I both do. And then the next question is, is there anything that has been causing you to worry or to have fear? The next one is, is there anything on your heart that you've been wanting to share with me? 
The next one is, what is your favorite thing we've done together lately? And is there something you've been wanting to learn to do that I can help you with? And I'll go give you some of these answers. So here's one that I did with my oldest. And it's just amazing the things that kids share with you. So my oldest, Noah, I said, what are you most most excited about in your life right now? He said, the future and everything that comes with it. And I'm like, what? That's like, I just, you just don't know what kids are going to say, right? And when you give them a chance to open up and be honest about what's going on in their life or what they're thinking about, like, you'd be so shocked at the things that they tell you. And I said, is there anything that's been causing you worry or fear? And he said, no, which was such a relief, right? As a dad, you're like, man, what are you going to say? And he said, no. And I said, is there anything on your heart you've been wanting to share with me? And he said that you've been a great father to me. And then I said, what's your favorite thing that we've done together lately? And he said what we were doing that day, which was going to Boulder Adventure. And then I said, is there something you've been wanting to learn to do that I can help you with? And he said, how to invest like you do. Mm. Yeah. And then I said, is there anything that I can be praying over you or how can I be praying for you? And he said that I would become an honorable, godly man. Um, and it just warmed my heart to have a raw, vulnerable conversation with my kid and for him to say some of these things. Like, I love these quarterly events with my boys. That's powerful. That's that is so good. I mean, like those five questions. I mean, that's the part as a dad, mom. Sometimes we... We have these one-on-one conversations with our kids. They're like, okay, what am I going to ask them? What am I going to talk to them about? How am I going to make this where it doesn't feel like an interrogation? It doesn't feel like mom or dad's like grilling me on, on things. It's, it's really just opening up their heart to have just a free, free chance to share. So I, I love that room. So good. And I, you may have already said this, but we, we said, you know, what does success look like for you in this? How do you see this continuing to grow? Um, share, share a little bit around that if you would. Yeah. So we're not perfect. So like we missed the last quarter of last year. We just didn't have time. Um, but what I realized though, is that from that point, we actually, uh, started spending a lot more time with our boys. Like we find ourselves because of these quarterly meetings that we have with our boys, then becoming much more interested and invested in wanting to spend more more time with them rather than just going through the day-to-day stuff, right? And we have found that they are so much more honest with us about things that maybe they wouldn't have ordinarily been honest with us about. So let me give you an example. If something happens where you know one of our boys gets upset and does something he shouldn't do, what we have found is that now they have the courage and confidence to then come up to us after the fact and apologize and ask for forgiveness for what they did that was wrong, right? And and I think a lot of that is just because the trust that they have in us that we're not going to react, right, to, to what happened because we love them more than that mistake. And that's something that my wife has started communicating a lot with our boys, which is so amazing is I love you more than your mistake. Like I love you more than what just happened. And so it's it's it has been amazing for our relationship with our boys. Man, that is so good. There's so many nuggets there as parents. We so want this. And, and maybe our kids are out of the house at this point. Maybe this is a conversation we're going to have with our grandkids and we're going to be able to take and, and have this maybe impact in their lives if maybe our, our kids have already gone. Don't know where you are, but this is so good. So I, I'm going to bring you back. So this is a different way that I'm, I've been doing this family boardroom. Is a couple of years ago, I started having breakfast with one of my kids every single Wednesday morning. So you talk about how do you set a cadence. How do you set a reminder? 
I think you said, JD, like we look at our calendars and we know that our, our businesses, the, the corporations we work for, they have these quarterly meetings. Well, you look at our calendars, right? There's always appointments. And I think the easiest way for us to have success of what we're doing, if we really want to do it, is we, we set an appointment and we don't, we don't miss that appointment. And so I, I set this on my calendar every single Wednesday morning, I was going to have breakfast with one of my four kids and it's just a rotating circle. And like you, I let them choose the place they want to go. I let them choose what they're going to eat. Uh, even though I could pick it hundred percent of the time, it's either French toast or it's like chocolate waffles with as much whipped cream on it as you could possibly get. Like I, one of the things we're going to have great relationships when they're older and potentially talk about why they are diabetic. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of sugar being consumed in our breakfasts. But one of the things that I love about these, these times is that it is that chance to go deeper and ask one-on-one questions. I need to take a tip from you though, because I don't have a set question list that I go to. I, I tend to just kind of wing it shocker, but in that time what I found is that I I realized that my oldest daughter who was who's now 18 as much as I wanted her to be an entrepreneur she was not going to do it she didn't want that that was not the path and so I spent a lot of time the building relationship with her to try to figure out how could I help speak into the things that she was doing and so along the way she I was saying you know that question I love what she said uh, what are you most excited about right what is the thing that um, lights you up? What is the thing that you're interested in? Much better question than what What do you want to be when you grow up? Because right. nobody, nobody knows that, especially at that age. I mean, I changed majors five times in college. Nobody knows what they want to be when they grow up. Most of us don't. So, but asking them, what are they excited about? What, what, what excites you is a great question. And I, I was sharing that with her and she said, well, I, I really love serving. I really love working with kids and, and she gave lots of examples of what was in her life. And I was like, all right, well, cool. If you're going to go to college and she got a, a full scholarship, uh, both athletic and academic scholarship paying for everything. She's like, and dad, that was what I wanted. I didn't want to have you guys to pay for anything. And I didn't want to have to pay for anything. I was like, well, if you're going to go to college, well, how about this? You know, is there a potential opportunity where you could learn business finance and some of these tools and, and be able to serve people like maybe other teenagers, other people that come to our live events who would want to know how to, to be a better student of money and, and learn how to build passive income streams, learn some of the things that you've learned. She's gone through the short-term rental course with me. She's gone through the term course with me. She's gone through uh, the, the buying uh, websites online course with me. She, she has learned a ton of stuff. And I was like, I mean, in each one of those lessons, you, you are gaining little pieces of business knowledge and marketing tips that maybe you didn't realize, but over time you will go, oh yeah, I know how that works. Or I've heard about that. It gives you such a leg up, right? For those who are going and just learning in a book where well, you've got to see it and experience it. It's like, would you want to use that, that service-based mentality and the willingness and interest to, to work with kids, maybe in this element, maybe you can help me build a business around that. And she was like, oh, I never thought about that way. So I took that one meeting that over a, a period of two or three years that initially I was just trying to figure out how do I, how do I crack this, you know, th this egg here? How do I, how do I get to the point where, you know, I can maybe start to, to scratch that entrepreneurial itch. 
And what I realized, maybe through our conversation, Joey, you and I had recently with Scott Donald, is that maybe she was not an entrepreneur, but she could be entrepreneurial. And that's what I, I figured out by, by going through this process and having those, those conversations. And, and success is definitely measured differently, right? But to the point of being able to be there when they're thinking about dating, being there to think about when uh, they're considering the sport that maybe they no longer are as fired up about as they used to be, that we tend to just push, push as parents, right? Like they're successful, they're doing this. Well, I just assume I'm signing them up the next quarter, you know, the next year for that thing. But when you can talk to them and have some one-on-one time where other things aren't distracting us, we really get to reveal things that maybe, maybe is in deeper in their heart that they wouldn't just normally share. And I found that super valuable. And these family boardrooms are, are, are so huge for what, what's to come. All right, Jamie, I, I leave the best for last here, man. And you have uh, two girls, as you mentioned, talk a little bit about some of those conversations that you guys are having, maybe the frequency cadence and how does your situation look different? Yeah, I mean, again, my girls are six and a half. The half is super important for anyone that has little kids. You know that how important that is, going on seven, right? And so ours last year, we started again last year, has been, it's been very basic. We do it on a quarterly basis. I kind of think of it in two ways, though. One other thing we've been focusing on is we talk about the family boarding meeting with our kids, but family board meeting with the family, like we do, we're very intentional about trying to sit down and have a family conversation every night around dinner as well, where we just ask the girls about the best part of their day, the worst part about their day, if there's anything they're they're struggling with. And we try to be very intentional about that every night. But specifically to this topic, we're doing this on a quarterly basis, right? And with my girls, they're very competitive with each other. So it better be back-to-back weekends, right? Or, or back-to-back days even sometimes, but trying to be intentional. And to JD's point, my wife and I have both been doing it. When I take one, you know, she'll take the other, which is super cool because it's rare with my girls that they're ever separate at different events. Now that's starting to change as they get a little bit older, but trying to focus on it quarterly. You know, my agenda going into this was really what I talked about at the very beginning. Like I just wanted to build a really foundational relationship of trust uh, and love with my girls. You know, I was looking at some statistics and I've, uh, been hearing this a lot lately, you know, since social media came around, the incidence of teenage depression has like doubled, you know, or something like that. And and I just want my girls to know how loved they are, how special they are, and that they don't have to worry about what the world thinks, or at least try and build a stronger foundation for them knowing that they got, they have mom and dad at home. But from a big, big picture, my number one goal is for them to have fun, right? I let them control the day. They get to pick where we go, what we do, where we eat. You know, they get to control everything, which is super exciting for them. My girls love the the movie Yes Day. If you haven't seen it, they keep asking me where we're going to have a Yes Day. And I tell them, you get a yes four hours, you know, <laughs> once a quarter. So we do that. But there's not a lot of deep conversations at this point in time. I typically will ask them about their friends, especially if they're, they're talking about a friend at school a lot that maybe one of my girls is so sensitive. She thinks people don't like her all the time. And so we'll try and dig out, you know, what, why doesn't so-and-so like you? Or why do you say that? I think it's super important to, to be thinking about that even at this age of who are my kids hanging around with, even at school and that friend group. So right now it's, it's more about just really building a conversation with them, uh, but also trying to figure out what's going on in their life at school and when we're not around. Um, and, and success, success is simple for me. 
they they beg to know when our next family board meeting is. That is success to me. They want to do it again, right? At this point in time, I just want them to do it again. I coach six U, six year old and under softball. And to your point, Russ, found out through one of these board meetings that Emmy, one of my girls, really didn't like playing softball. She just thought she had to because Maddie was playing softball, right? She really wasn't enjoying it. She didn't feel like she was good at it. She was getting zero confidence from it. And that was huge. So she, we gave her that option knowing that, hey, you don't have to play softball this spring. Do you want to do something else? Excuse me. And she chose to do that. This giving her way more confidence and she's having way more fun. So to me, that's success, right? Again, to that trust of her to feel comfortable and say, hey, I really don't want to play softball. Dad, I know you love doing it and coaching it, but I'm not really having fun doing it to come in and say that. So right now for me, success is just ask me when the next one is. That means you're having a good time and that means we're bonding. Mm, I love that. And this conversation I'm having on the playground, I feel like uh, Sonny from Big Daddy asking him. You know? Yeah, I mean, you never <laughs> well, know what they're talking questions. about. All right. Well, this is a, a a little bit different twist on the conversation that we have on a regular basis about how do you build passive income? How do you reduce monthly expenses? But what's the so what to why we do anything, right? Like, is it not to have more time freedom? Is it not to be able to invest in our families? And I think that, you know, sometimes we need to take a step back and, and listen to what other people are doing, get excited, because each one of us have been inspired by someone else that that gave us a, a plan or maybe even gave us a vision for what this could look like. And so that's our goal today. Not perfect. We're not asking, we're not sharing this because we think that we've got it figured out. Actually, I, I listened to some of the things you guys said. I'm taking your your six questions there, JD, and I'm going to start asking those questions as a part of my thing. And um, I've already taken Joey's uh, spreadsheet and, and like, uh, you know, started working on how I could use that to, to create opportunities for my kids to, to build more income. And, you know, one of mine got uh, three scholarships. And one of my things was I was going to pay her $150 for every scholarship. She got three. So I, I wrote her a check, right. For $450. And, and that's a, a really cool way that they can see themselves doing stuff. Hope you found value in this. Uh, hopefully there's some, uh, something in here that you're like, man, this would be good for a friend of mine to hear. Share that with them. We'd love uh, to always bring new people into the show and, and talk about ways that we can become financially free, do life on our own terms. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.